to Startup Mavericks, the podcast from Berlin Startup School. And uh, in this podcast, we interview startups and coaches about the early stages of their journey, about different topics. And today, I'm really happy to welcome Ola, the founder of Beamreach, a DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion consultancy, and one of our coaches at Berlin Startup School. Happy that you're here. It's wonderful to be here, Tino. Thanks very much for having me. Since when you're dedicating most of your time towards the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, were you one of the first ones 10 years ago, or did it start one and a half years ago <laughs> when this <laughs> became a really uh, important, it was always an important topic, but in, I would say mostly media attention, etc. So since when... Are you dedicating your time towards this topic? Well, officially, it has been seven years. So seven years ago, oh, I wow. started teaching, training, facilitating, consulting. Um, in a non-formal way, informal way, it had started um, when I was 14 years old or so, because I was born in Moscow, I grew up in New Zealand. So for me, the topic of communication and different perspectives and different cultural understandings and values um, occurred when I was a teenager trying to understand am I Russian am I New Zealander uh, why do my mom point of view of the world is so different from my dad's mm -hmm. um, that's where I started questioning my own identity my own you know had a bit of identity crisis um, and started learning about that different diversity perspective and what is good what is wrong from really scratch And then at university, I started international business. So it started really, really early, um, I'll say at the age of 14 and then at the age of you know, 18 when I you know, went to uh, business school. But it had become really, really passionate and work seven years ago. Mm -hmm. So you were way, at, way like ahead of the time, <laughs> let's say that, like that. Um, so emphasizing this topic already way before it became a focus in the media, in corporate culture, in startups too. Um, maybe you can give us an example which you usually talk about or your most favorite example that emphasizes the importance or struggles or challenges in diversity, equity, and inclusion. What do you talk most about when you go, for example, to startups, when you coach them, or to corporates, or you when you do workshops? Do you have a small example? I will say the terms of diversity, equity, inclusion are very much misunderstood, uh, especially in Europe, and very much used interchangeably. So people use diversity and inclusion thinking it's the same thing. Um, to me, diversity is just a fact. It's it's a fact that we all are different, regardless, you know, depending on our gender, our background, our education, our sexual orientation, age. Uh, it's just a fact. It's there. Inclusion. It's it's active choice of making the differences work. Um, so I would say it's diversity is fruits you know bananas mm -hmm. apples uh pears oranges and inclusion <laughs> is a fruit salad so you actually have the mix of different fruits of different flavors that work differently together and are very nice um in the way that people see 
especially in Europe, I would say, especially in Germany, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, the first conversation started officially on the media in summer 2020, when uh, after George uh, Floyd's murder in USA. And that's where Black Lives Matter movement started in Europe as well. Um, so for a lot of people in Europe, the topic of diversity inclusion has to do something related to race or mm -hmm. political movement. In my understanding, it's completely wrong. And it's I'm glad it, the conversation started, but I think it started um, in a very different way than it should have been. It's seen as uh, more as a nice thing to have. Uh, it's a political movement and political um, understanding. For me, diversity uh, is the fact that, yes, we're all different. And diversity is a lot easier to handle. Um, no, let's, let me put it this way. So diversity is the fact that we're all different. And it's a lot easier to understand. <laughs> Have you got some picks out? So <laughs> no, good. A lot of people think that diversity equals innovation, creativity, um, and different perspectives. It does not. Diversity, first of all, is chaos, is misunderstanding, is a slow decision-making process. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's lots of drama because yes, we're all different. It's a lot easier to sit down with your best friend and because you agree, you're on the same page and you see the world in exactly the same way. But do you actually want to, how can you innovate if you, together with your clone, yes, you align and you uh, see eye to eye, but that's not where you, you learn the best from someone who is very different than yourself. You're not going to learn from someone who's exactly the same. So diversity by itself, is a chaos, it's misunderstanding. Uh, inclusion is managed diversity. You really need to do something. Diversity does not come at no cost. You need to invest time, energy, and also money to manage this diversity. So you need to have the difficult conversation. You need to spend time uh, aligning people, aligning perspective, creating psychological safety. Uh, so the, the main mistake a lot of companies do is like saying, look, we are so diverse. Uh, we have uh, 50 nationalities in our organization. You walk in into this organization. Yes, you hear different accents. You hear, you see different uh, people from different kind of parts of the world, but they all think and act German because there is no psychological safety. <laughs> so all this opportunity mm -hmm. to have different perspectives. It's like you come to the workplace, you leave your identity like a clock room and you enter and you have to act specific way. So yes, you have diversity, but you don't have inclusion. So you're actually missing out on those perspectives because there is no psychological safety. So you need wow. to, yes, you need to, you actually need to invest in that and see it especially if you're a creative industry, if you work in a space where that nothing has been done before, you need to see different perspectives. And different perspectives come from conflict. It comes from misunderstanding. It comes from uh, a bit of drama. And I don't say that diversity is all about drama, but it comes from not agreeing with someone. And that's where different perspectives and different ideas and different points of view and solutions come um, and it's super important for startups. It's super important for creative industries, tech, 
And yeah, that's uh, I would say the only thing. <laughs> what, what a so great diversity explanation. is a fact, inclusion is a choice. <laughs> oh, wow. And equity is more or less what you need to produce then? Is this like we're, we're missing the last word that by the way that was yes, also added? Yes. Why do you, why was it added lately? Can you explain this? Why why is it important that it was not just D and I as it was over the last years? Yeah. But now D E I? Yeah, I think equity, it's about justice. It's when everyone gets the support they need. Uh, it came from the affirmative uh, action support. So you get the support that you need. Um, so it's access opportunity and so on and so forth. So imagine um, there's a very famous image uh, all over the internet that explains the difference between equality and equity. Yeah, so imagine you um, you are three people of different size, of different heights, are behind the fence trying to watch a football game. And all of them get exactly the same box to stand on. Uh, so the person who is the tallest can see everything above, above the fence. A person who's a little bit shorter just gets to see a little bit because, you know, the box is the same size. And a person who is the shortest then sees the wall because the box does not really get them to see over the fence. So that's equality. Equity is when you get exactly what you need. So the person who is the tallest, they don't actually need to have the box because they see over the fence anyway. And mm -hmm. someone who's a medium size, they see and they get the good box to see over it. And then someone who's the shortest gets two boxes. So they're all on the same page and they all get the same opportunities to see the game. So equity is, um, it's all about the structures and laws. Um, a lot of it comes from uh, governments. Uh, a lot of them comes from uh, company policies, for example, when it comes to parental leave. Uh, for example, organization says it's not just for, for mothers, it's also for fathers, it's also for same-sex uh, couples, it's also for those who... For example, who lost their uh, babies? Yeah, they also get a bit of time based on the situation. So, at the same time, it's um, someone who needs to get visa in Germany. They get additional support uh, to to get to become part of the company. So it's all about you get what you need. Uh, it's all about justice. Uh, it's not. I think most organizations talk about diversity. They're starting to talk about inclusion since a couple of years. Equity is not yet there because uh, especially in Europe, is the topic is not as mature as it is, for example, in USA or, or UK. Um, so we're still stuck on diversity and slowly coming into inclusion and equity going to you know, take some years to pick up on. Interesting. So thank you so much for describing this development. And I have to be really honest. Now I understand everything way better than before. So um, this is a like great examples, great explanations. So over the last seven years that you have been working in this field, we have seen that equity is playing um, way more important role and, and it's not about some people mistake it with equity in a company <laughs> so i was also hmm, mm. equity was added. <laughs> yes. what does it actually what does it actually yeah. mean and this is the interesting part that people then have to read it up 
right? They need to understand it. So I really liked it that you then also need to do your research, right? About this yeah. uh, this this term that is used in different kind of meanings. And something that also has developed over time are the gender pronouns. And um, do you actually know, because I was also asking this myself, when the discussion about gender pronouns over the last year started and who actually was it? Like, it's, it, um, I feel that it's something that just came up and, and I was wondering how, how come? And who was the driving force? Is there somebody? Is there... I don't know, like a person or an association that emphasized the importance about gender pronouns? I think the main driver for anything diversity inclusion related, it's uh, society. So as our society and our culture and technology evolve, so does the language. Language is not static. Um, there is a lot more, you know, a lot of people talk about, oh, mental health, um it's a pandemic so to say everyone has some sort of mental health problems everyone is depressed mm. uh or there is a lot more uh lgbtqa plus community than ever before is it like a trend no it's not really a trend and same think about the gender uh neutral language why there's so many non-binary people or why there everybody has to say the pronouns it's all about it's becoming okay to do that. It's not that suddenly mm -hmm. there are a lot more people talking about it mm -hmm. uh, and it's something cool. Is that it's there is a lot more safety to talk about. Um, there is a lot more okay. And I think younger generation are the ones that find it absolutely normal uh, to talk about it and they find it a lot more acceptable and they have this freedom. Uh, gender neutral language is important um, because it breaks the stereotypes. A uh, very simple example in a way when you think about um, police, you usually say policeman. Yeah, mm, but mm. if you never have an image of a woman in a police uniform, it basically mm. prevents them from being successful in the role. So my recommendation was use police officer instead. Um, yeah. Or when you picture, when you picture uh a CEO, you always picture a man as well. So gender neutral language gives you an opportunity to break stereotypes and give opportunities to those who not not normally succeed in the position due to the stereotypes. Uh, one company in Berlin that I personally admire uh, for what they have done when it comes to gender neutral language uh, is Babbel. Mm -hmm. I think Babbel is a fantastic ally when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion in general. And a few years back, I can't even remember, I think it's way back then, I think at least six, six years ago, they have done a very, very controversial campaign in Russia uh, mm -hmm. when they said, so in Russian, it's a very gender-specific language, uh, just like German. So when mm -hmm. you say, I'm married, uh, I speak Russian. So for me, it was like fascinating example. Uh, when you say I'm married uh, as a woman, is that, um, yeah, zamuzhem. So it's like I'm behind a man. It literally means I'm behind a man. Mm -hmm. I'm behind, behind my husband. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you man, yajenat, uh, I'm married. So that means like I'm owning the wife, literally. So what <laughs> they did, yeah, 
what Babel did, they had this massive, massive posters just outside of uh, Red Square and, and just of the, outside of the political, where all the politicians live and stay in mm-hmm. the Duma, whatever not, changing the language, basically saying an incorrect Russian saying, Yazhenata, uh, Yazamrumi, uh, like actually saying, showing two men and two women, because as you, as, as we know, there's uh, uh, LGBTQ plus rights in Russia are not 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 even tolerated, but completely abused. Mm-hmm. So really, they have really shown a point by changing the language, which that, is grammatically that, that not correct. For, so for for that the man says, "I'm standing behind a woman or the yeah. woman I'm married to." Yeah, yeah interesting. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's uh, <laughs> it was very controversial, brought a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, and if any of you use Babel uh, in general, they have a lot of uh, gender-neutral examples uh, mm-hmm. in the different languages. And I think conversation in, in the German language is a lot more complex than in English because it's a lot more difficult to m- make gender-neutral language in German. It than is, yeah. Some people um, even say, some people even say, yeah, that it destroys the German language. So what is your point of view towards that? And how would you convince somebody yeah to develop or to support developing the language yeah I mean there was a very great article a few years back on Spiegel says is this not uh Deutsche Sprache or something like mm-hmm. that it's like that's still a German language, German language. Really, yeah um and as I said before society society changes our perceptions change technology changes the language is not static language changes as well we don't speak the same German as we spoke you know, 100 years ago. Mm. We don't speak the same English as we spoke 100 years ago. So it does change. And it does help change the stereotype because if in the past, you know, uh, less than 100 years ago, well, in some countries at least, uh, women were not allowed to to vote or to work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Being uh, homosexual was considered a criminal act. If we still are there, uh, holding to our con- old conventions, we will be in a very different place. So the language mm-hmm. changes and the language helps you break stereotypes and helps you to see the world in, in a more equal and fair way uh, and give opportunities to people who, who are not normally societies that were prevented from that before. Yeah. yeah. We have a special section in this podcast that is called Either Or. I'm going to ask you five questions. Well, I will give you five options, more or less, and you always need to choose one. And afterwards, we will discuss the answers. Um, are you ready? Yes. It's <laughs> <That's> very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Okay. So, number one, what, what would you prefer to work with a male or female founder team? (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough one. Um, I will say female, female power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who is more advanced in DEI, corporates or startups? Startups. DEI or organizational structure first? When setting up or building a company, for example, or a startup. Organizational structure. Quotas or a holistic approach in terms of DEI? Quotas. 
And last but not least, prioritize diverse candidates or the old school way, most suitable candidate? Diverse candidate. Thank you. Okay. Um, let's discuss your answer. So, okay, female founder team, I do understand this female power always. Yeah, that's good. Supporting female founder teams. Um, yes. You do believe that startups are more advanced than corporates? Is that because of the agile environment in which they're in or the corporates that they're stuck in old structures? Corporates have more money and they do, and I think corporates start to struggle a lot in attracting talent because people don't really want to work for a bureaucratic slow dinosaur um so many corporates see it as um you know pink washing it's it's a lot about marketing and mm -hmm. employer branding um so they might have an amazing image outside but they actually don't do anything inside uh once you enter organization startups are driven by people um they have a lot more struggles hiring people so they need to put people first and they also need to um, innovate. And by innovating, you really need to look into different perspectives and different points of view. Uh, so I see startups also a lot more founders um, are there to actually be able to say things. Uh, mm -hmm. So they're the ones that support <laughs> and the ones to actually want to do things uh, in corporate Sometimes it's a bit too slow to change. You know, startups have an opportunity to, to uh, create inclusion from scratch uh, very early, early stage. Well, corporates, it's a lot of uh, uh, years and legacy that needs to change. But still, uh, an organizational structure needs to be built first because you chose this over like DEI first? I would say DEI is part of organizational structure. Um, mm -hmm. that's why I really like working with small companies because when you work with a company of, I don't know, 700, uh, 900 people that I work with, there is a lot of things that need to be fixed when it comes to recruitment, when it comes to promotion, when it comes to, um, evaluation, uh, small companies are able to build these things very, very early on. Um, so I would say organizational structure needs to be there but it needs to have di uh, as a concept so di should not be like a separate thing when you when you work it, it should be integrated mm -hmm. in everything that company does it's like a company culture yeah I totally understand that why are quotas necessary because it um you know we can't really fix brains uh we can't really fix people because everyone has mm -hmm. a bias uh, we can fix the process. If you hire someone who is uh, a woman, you give more opportunities. It doesn't mean you step down. Uh, mm -hmm. You still hire by merit, but you just give an opportunity uh, to someone who nom not normally will have an opportunity because there hasn't been that many role models. Uh, so I would say, yeah, definitely quotas. Quotas are a mechanism. Um, there are situations... There have been situations when it's been highly criticized, uh, but at the same time, I think we're just not 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 used to it yet. But there has to be definitely um, normalized. Yeah. But does this also include hiring somebody who is, let's say, 
10% skilled compared to somebody else who is at 90% oh, no. of what I expect? No. Yeah. So, so yeah, how I would was, you, where, where's yeah. the, actually, where's, where actually, do you draw the line? Actually, let me put it this way. Uh, is skills everything that you need to hire a successful candidate? I don't think so. So why would you, I personally really dislike the term culture fit. Why would you hire someone exactly like what you have already with the same skill, with the same personality? Um, for me, it's more about culture ads. Why? Because we want to hire people who we don't have yet in the organization. We don't want to have a piece of the puzzle that fits. We want to have someone who contributes, who adds something new. So if you are a team of male founders, um, pure male founders or the engineering team, pure, pure male or male dominated, you, okay, sure, there is a woman or maybe when, sure, she might be, probably not, but she might be 10% uh, less skilled when it comes to tech, but she brings a different attitude. She brings a different personality. She brings a different vibe that adds a lot more than someone with a 10% of exactly the same skill. So you have someone who adds a different perspective and also changes the environment in a team. True, true. And you also said that um, <clears throat> you would prioritize diverse candidates like in this, yeah, I would say it's connected to quotas maybe a little yeah. bit. So I'm wondering, you also talked about unconscious bias. How can we avoid unconscious bias in the recruiting process? First of all, uh, ensure that you don't see pictures on the CVs. That's number one, like blinded, write very, very uh, specifically in your career page. Please don't send resumes with your pictures or when you graduated university or your age or whatever not, uh, or nationality. Even. That's number one. And make sure that on your career page, uh, you also specifically say that you you value diversity, you value inclusion, and you're the company that would make candidates succeed. Um, I think one of the greatest organizations I work with, um, what they've done, they actually have on their career page um, a very, like, it's, it's basically two sentences, but it says, uh, we know that women apply for a job when they're 100% uh, fit job description and men apply for a job when they fit only 60%. So please apply for the job anyway, because uh, we'll see uh, you as a whole person rather than all the skills. And they had an amazing, yeah. amazing return. So you need to be very explicit on that. Um, yeah, and structure, you really, really need to structure the whole uh, recruitment process and hire based on a specific skill. And don't ask questions like, what do you like to do in your free time? And what are you... It's not allowed as I've read. It's not allowed as, I, as I've heard to, uh, to ask for yeah, hobbies, etc. People, people still do that. Uh, especially like junior junior recruiters who are not trained for that. Uh, so that's why you need to be have very structured, exactly the same questions for every candidate. Um, and then you need to have... Uh, so you really need to avoid affinity bias on that. And you really need to diversify the pool of uh, whoever interviews a person. So there are also people from different perspectives and backgrounds. And you need to put a number on, uh, on the skill So and how important it is. So you actually need to remove the emotions from this perspective and actually hire based on the skill mm -hmm. rather than, oh, I can imagine mm -hmm. going for a beer 
uh, with this person after work. But like, mm, yeah, well, then that's why we end up having exactly the same people in the organization. <laughs> because men like to drink beer with men and women like to go exactly. for drinks with women. <laughs> you are one of the things, or you have exactly the same personalities, right? It's, um, I think the best people have, you know, I'm quite extroverted and loud and, you know, I talk a lot, but, and I used to have a bias. I used to be running teams and I realized that I, I somehow judge or look down on people who are a lot more quiet and introverted and don't speak up at meetings. And I realized that those people, when you actually ask them a question and when you, uh, highlight their opinion they bring a lot more value than someone like myself who talks a lot and is all over the place so introverts <laughs> i feel you same i would people, be the same most probably <laughs> you need you need to you need to give people space you need to see what drives them we need to um and that's why having introverts or having you know and sure people who are very analytical and number driven and introverted very very different from me and yes I annoy them very likely. They annoy me sometimes, but they're the best ones to actually challenge you, show you different perspective, and that's how you succeed altogether. Perfect last words. Thank you so much, Ola, <laughs> for these incredibly well-described examples for, yeah, also in startups, right? When we look at Bubble, who challenges the status quo, why uh, gender-neutral language or gender pronouns are important. Thank you so much, Ola, for all these insights into the topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's wonderful to be here. And thanks for having me, uh, Tino. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the day. And thank you so much. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Thank you.